I started a lesson last week on the five elements of worship, specifically found in one of the last books of the in the last book of the Old Testament, in the book of Malachi. And I know when a preacher preaches about Malachi, immediately people go tithes and giving, and um, while that. Uh, does happen in the third chapter. I really focused in on the first chapter and um, because it was sort of as you, when you read Malachi, he wraps up uh, his um, book by saying, and of course we know that after Malachi was written, there were 400 years, over 400 years of silence and the Lord did not speak to the children of Israel. So these are the last words. And uh, you know, the last words that somebody speaks are often very important words. They're very important uh, words before, of course, uh, the next time he spoke was basically through an angel to Mary and beginning the New Testament. And so for the Jews, Malachi is the last word. And it, it talks about a time of pressure, a time of heat, a time of people uh, getting uh, really, um, if you will, uh, burn up. And yet, what's that supposed to do to the church? That when the heat is turned up, the Bible says in Malachi, then the son of righteousness appears to us with healing in his wings. And so I know it's not easy and it doesn't feel like healing, but I, I know we've all said, uh, I don't know what I would do without the Lord. I don't know what I would, how I could make it without the Lord. And just when the Lord uh, quickens our heart, quickens our mind, reminds us of things, and, and, and then we can all of a sudden stop and praise him and worship him. And this Malachi is about worship. And what's interesting is when we get to the New Testament, of course, Jesus uh, has numerous occasions where he talks about worship. One of the more familiar ones is in the book of John, the fourth chapter to a Samaritan woman who he goes to and he says, uh, ask for a drink and you remember that. We talked about it last week and she says, why are you, you're a Jew, why are you asking me? And he says, there's an hour coming when true worshipers are not gonna worship in this mountain or in that hill, but they're gonna worship in what? spirit and in truth. And, and we talked about how the transformation had happened that when you look uh, back, all the way back to Abraham, there was an, actually Noah, uh, Adam, Adam, what was that he was supposed to do? Walk with God in the cool of the day. So wherever God was, he walked with God. And later on, Noah, Abraham, others, they lived in tents and they built altars everywhere they went. 
and then of course Moses and the tabernacle and it was a tent and they followed God. They followed where God was. If the pillar of fire or the cloud moved, what were they having to do? They moved where God was. If God was over here, they went over there. God was over there, they went over there where God was. They were following God. And then, of course, David <clears throat> tries to say, I want to build a house. And uh, the prophet, you can read it in 2 Samuel, the prophet says, that's great, build him a house. And then the Lord speaks to the prophet and says, go back to Nathan and says, go back and tell him, no, no, nay, nay, you're, you're, I didn't ask for a house. I didn't ask for, I've, I've lived in tents and you've come where I am. Now all of a sudden by building him a house, it's gonna be now we have to go where he is. You see what I'm saying? And so it's all of a sudden there is a place. And so it became Jerusalem and we know David and Solomon built the temple and then the temple was there and so it became going to Jerusalem, going up to the Mount of Jerusalem. And so there was all the verses about Jerusalem and coming back and worshiping there and all of that. And then of course, ultimately the temple was destroyed and they tried to rebuild it and was destroyed and tried to rebuild it. And, and we know that the Jews today are, are wanting to reestablish the temple. You can go right near the Wailing Wall, and we've been there. We were there a few years ago, and, and it's called the Temple Institute, and you see they have the furniture replicated already, and they, they don't show you the ark, but uh, you, know, you can ask them, is everything ready? And they'll say, yep, we're ready to restart worship as soon as we can. We're gonna restart worship. And we walked out of that temple institute down on the square in front of the Wailing Wall. And the Wailing Wall is divided. Men on one section, women on another. And the young people of, of the Jewish young folks are dancing and shouting and they're together. Men and women back behind the wall, clapping their hands. May remember that? Woo, shouting and praising. I, when you see it, when you just all of a sudden the Holy Ghost goes up and down your spine because you're like, wow, we do this all the time. And they do it out here in the square, in the open, and what, how blessed we are and they don't even realize who they're worshiping. You know, and so worship is one of those central things. So what are the five elements of worship? And we talked about the first one, uh, slide 15, is uh, that sense of emotions. And, uh, and I made this statement last time, and we talked about emotions, and I read about the love of God and loving the Lord with all your heart and mind and soul and being emotional and I want you to understand emotions are a necessary part of worship. And I say that 
And, and I know that we, it's, I, I'm not saying emotionalism because emotionalism is not really equal to emotions. You, you understand what I'm saying? And I demonstrated last week, you know, that you can be, have emotionalism, O-H-I-O, uh, -O. huh? And you can say, man, I love the bucks, and ooh, hallelujah, and I'm waving my hands, and I'm screaming my guts out. And yet, you know, I get depressed if they lose or something, but ultimately, I, I don't, it's not my greatest love. Now, maybe for some, they are, you know, they're these rabid Ohio State fans, but I'm not sure that everybody that, you know what I'm saying, has a genuine, deep love that they, you know, and now there may be some, there may be some here tonight that, you know, are praying for them every night and asking God to help them and they're, who they're recruiting and when they hear that maybe, you know, this recruit is coming, oh Lord, help them to want to stay. I don't know, maybe y'all are doing that. Most of us, you know, yeah, we'd like to see them win. Yeah, we'd like, you know, but then when they don't, yeah, that stupid coach, I knew better. They always do this. They try to leave the game as close as possible. I know, I can't believe it. I've said all along they didn't have a passing attack or a running, you know what, we're kind of, I don't mean fair-weathered friends, but uh, maybe some are, you know, but um, <clears throat> most folks don't have a genuine love. And while I realize I can whoop, hoop and holler on Sunday and I don't love God, I don't genuinely love God, but if you are going to really worship, you do have to love God and you have to love something. And you say, well, oh, I'm not very emotional. Don't go there because if you don't ever get mad, if you don't ever get frustrated, if you don't ever get angry, then don't say you're not emotional because most of us have emotions somewhere. Now, we may not fly off the handle, but have the wrong guy cut us off in the fast lane or take our parking spot or, huh? I told you, I said to the long stress last week, they were saying something and I said, oh, to the moon, Alice, and they go. <laughs> said, sorry. I, then it was like, how do you explain to them Jackie Gleason? And, and those of you who don't know that, it's fine. And I was, I only saw the reruns. I'm not that old, actually. But. You, you know what I'm saying. 
it, you have to have some emotions somewhere. And because if you don't, you're like a seething pot. And all of a sudden, just the right amount of flame or the right amount of pressure, boom! And you go, wow, I didn't realize all that. Where did all that come from? And so it becomes, you know, ask yourself the question of how do I express anger? How do I express love? How do I express kindness, express frustration, express any of my feelings? And if my expression on any of that is more than my expression to God, then I'm worshiping those things more than God. He deserves. If I stomp around and rant and rave, you know, the only thing to cleanse that is to come into the house of the Lord and say, Oh, I love you, G. Huh? Because if you can't be that emotional with him, he can't cleanse all of those others. That's what worship does, is it begins to wash us with the Holy Ghost and the cleansing of the Holy Ghost. And you say, well, you know, I come in and I am still and I know the Lord. And guess what? I'm keeping all that stuff bottled up. And that's why sometimes folks come in and they're very still and they never, I don't ever raise my voice. I don't ever, hallelujah. And then I get home and I'm, wah! What that tells you is you're more emotional about other stuff than you are God. And if you're truly going to worship God, love him with all your heart, all your mind, all your soul, all your strength, all your, all of it. And so what happens is we hold some of that back and he wants to get in there. Why? Because when we are truly worshiping him, and does that mean you can't worship him in, in a quiet manner with your tears flowing? Absolutely. But you've got to open yourself up, just like David said, Lord, look, cleanse me, put your eye on me. I'm giving it all to you. I, I need your presence to flow through me. I, need, I love you. You see what I'm saying? So emotions are the very first part. Now, as you go on in Malachi, the first chapter, the sixth verse, right after the fifth verse when it talks about emotions, about loving him, it says, a son honors his father and a servant his master. If then I be a father, where is my honor? And if I be a master, where is my fear? Saith the Lord of hosts unto you, O priest, that despise my name. And you say, wherein have we despised thy name? So now the word of the Lord, 55 verses, small book. Now the word of the Lord says, not only do you have to love me, you know, as a child, as a son, as a child of God, but you have to respect me. Now, if you're truly going to worship, 
these five elements become important. Not only love, but respect. And those of you who are parents know what that is. You know, you've seen it in your kids, maybe wrongly or rightly, and when you can tell they're inside, they're standing up, And the way they said, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Huh? And unfortunately, I have been out and I've seen kids smart mouth, what I would call smart mouth, I didn't get to buy with it, to their parents. And you go, they don't respect them at all. They have no sense of honor, no sense of reverence. Why? It's like, unfortunately, when it's kind of like the old saying of, you know, you put your arm around someone, I love you, and depending on who it is, you start wondering, where's the knife? Huh? because you don't feel like there's any reverence there. Oh, and it's fine, you know, yes. And you know, I'm not, you can't, most of us aren't fooled very long with that, especially as parents, you know what I'm saying? But do you think you can fool God? No, if I don't respect God, I mean this, let me show you what else he says over in the third chapter and in the fourth chapter. He says, your words have been stout against me, says the Lord. How have we despised your name? How have we spoken so much? You have said it is vain to serve God. What profit is it? that we have kept his ordinances. Anytime you ever say, I don't understand, I don't see why God, it's no use trying to live for God, it's vain to say, God, you know what he said? You're not respecting me. Whoa. You didn't respect me at all when you said it's no use to live for God. And that we have walked mournfully before the Lord of hosts. And now we call the proud happy. Yea, they that work wickedness are set up. Yea, they that tempt God are even delivered. God, I don't understand. I'm trying to do what's right and everybody else is getting by. And everything else is going all right. I know we've never said that. But real worship comes back to, oh, wait a minute. He's still God, huh? You wonder why my worship stops? But whenever I start saying, God, I don't understand. The proud are, you know, look, they're all happy and they're all doing good and they're all. The Lord said, I, I've been listening and I've been writing it down. For them that feared the Lord and thought upon his name. I want to be in that book, don't you? 
and they shall be mine, says the Lord of hosts. In the day I make up my jewels, I will spare them as a man spareth his own son that serves him. Then shall ye return and discern between righteous and wicked, between him that serves God and those that serve him not. For the day cometh that shall burn as an oven. Are we there? And all the proud and all that do wickedly shall be stubble. The day that cometh shall burn them up, saith the Lord of hosts. For it shall leave neither root nor branch. But unto you that fear my name shall the son of righteousness arise with healing in his wings. And ye shall go forth and grow up as calves of the stall. And ye shall tread down the wicked. They shall be ashes under the soles of your feet in the day that I shall do this saith the Lord of hosts. And what are you saying? This is one of the reasons why in the Old Testament the Lord was trying to establish the importance of reverence. Not only worship but reverence. So you remember what he told him on Mount Sinai? What did Moses say? Huh? Hey, don't let your kids touch this mountain. Don't anybody come up here? And I realize, and I, I understand, and I am thankful that I have, with boldness, can come in and out of the presence of the Lord. But it hasn't always been that way, folks. And you have to remember that it hasn't always been that way. As a matter of fact, Mount Sinai, they were, they, nobody come near this. How did they go into the Holy of Holies? Huh? Priest takes off his royal garb, ties a rope, backs in. I can't even look. One time a year, one man coming in to what we feel around here on Sunday night, raise our hands and worship. Huh? You remember Uzzah? Uzzah? They're moving the ark. It's got a cart. Was not that wasn't the way to do it. The Lord said priests should carry it. All of a sudden the cart hits a hole. Ark starts to fall. What does Uzzah do? Oh, let me stop it. Early church, Ananias and Sapphira. Huh? Whew. Reverence. Thank the Lord. I I mean, you know, you can fool me and but guess what? Our God has to be honored. You, you, you wonder, and I know, I, I, I try to 
And I, I try to, you know, I, I, I try to not cringe, but I, of course, I was raised in the South. I was raised by parents that you came into the house of the Lord, you took your hat off, you, you didn't chew gum and, you know, drink coffee and all the above, because that was the, I get it. We, we have coffee maker out there and we have the big gulp come in and, I'm just saying, it was like, whoa. I wasn't, you know, I realized this building is not any different than, but it's where we try to meet God. It's brick and wood and carpet, I realize. But we are living in a society where where is the reverence? Do we revere principals or teachers or presidents or congressmen or, you know, they're so stupid, I just can't. Huh? Hallelujah. It's an element of worship. As a matter of fact, you know, King Uzziah, you remember that? You can read it. I, I taught uh, hyphen this past fall and spring, rather, about King Uzziah in 2 Chronicles 26. The, it says these words in 2 Chronicles. When his, he was doing right, he tore down. I, he was an amazing leader. You read Uzziah was awesome. He did all kinds of, he tried to restore worship. He tried to do all of that. And the Bible says when he was strong, his heart was lifted up to his destruction. And he decided one day, you know, I kind of like this. I can offer incense. I'm as good as these priests. I'm going to go in and offer incense. You remember what happened? Eighty priests said, look, don't do it. Don't do it. Don't do it. Don't do it. You're the king. You're doing awesome. Yeah, but I want to, I just want to offer, I want to worship. But his heart wasn't right. Very different than a king by the name of Hezekiah who humbly goes into the Holy of Holies and spreads out a letter from the Syrian army and says, God, help us. What's the big deal of offering a little incense and praise? The Bible says when he went in to offer incense, what happened? Leprosy started breaking out on his body. He was the king when Isaiah wrote, in the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord high and lifted up and his train filled the temple. What are you saying? I, I, you know, one story, and that's why I put plus, plus, plus. Story after story after story that your heart, your attitude, your humility, 
or your lack thereof. If it's all about who, you know, I came to church because I want everybody to see who I am and what I am and what, let me tell you how far your worship is going. Your worship is stopping at the ceiling if it made it that far. But if you came in because you say, what a great God I serve, how could I not praise him? I'm not doing this. I'm sorry if that offends you, but I, I'm here because one day he set me free. It's like alabaster box. I'm here to pour my praise on him. Why? Because he's done so much for me. Oh, go ahead. Next slide. And that's why Psalms 111 verses 9 and 10 says he sent redemption unto his people. He hath commanded his covenant forever. Holy and reverend or to be revered is his name. Not only is it holy, but it needs reverence. That's why and I know I would rather them say words than saying bad words, but I grew up where you didn't say golly and you didn't say gee and you didn't say, huh, gosh. <laughs> Why? Because you were getting close because it was like one of those things. It was, you know, <laughs> And yet I've heard people and I've been in the store and Walmart and they'll say, Jesus, you better get over here before I knock you out. I'm thinking, do you realize what name you just said? That name is holy. That name is reverend, respected, and let me tell you, you know how easy kids can get, I, where they hear it? Huh? The fear of the Lord is what? The beginning of wisdom, a good understanding of all they that do his commandments. His praise forever and ever. That's the third one, doing the commandments. But you've got to love him, then you've got to respect him, and you remember Cornelius fell at Simon Peter's feet when he came. And what did Simon say? Don't do this to me. It's not about me. Worship God. The people of Lystra in Acts 14, they started speaking in the Lyconian language. And they were saying, Paul is a messenger of God and Barnabas... And when Paul says, like, what are they saying? He couldn't understand Lyconian. And the Bible says when Paul, they were throwing garlands and, huh? Remember how Paul responded? Oh, no, 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 no. You're not supposed to worship me. You worship God. You don't revere me, the people of Thyatira. Acts the 16th chapter. A possessed girl was testifying, these men are the men of the Most High God. What did Paul say? Don't honor me. Amen. Honor God. 
say, well, pastor wants me to, listen, it's, God's worthy of our worship. I realize when we, we try to worship together and praise together, I say praise, and we're hoping people will worship. But if I don't honor, love him, and honor him, and then, you know, the next step is basically obey him. But what did Hebrews say? Hebrews, the 12th chapter. We receive a kingdom which cannot be moved. Let us have grace whereby we serve God acceptably with what? Reverence and godly fear. For our God is a consuming fire. And I realize, I, I realize we, we don't do it and it's okay. And I, I realize that, you know, it's good when people are reading their introductory scriptures and I don't read always introductory scriptures, but you know, if the minister says, let's stand, I, that's not bad. If you can stand, fine. If you can't, I understand that. But there ought to be an attitude of our dress and authority and what God is. And, and it's impossible without reverence because I want to tell you, if you don't revere God, you will never be able to obey God. And, and I... And I get it, and I, you've heard me say, and I'm not, I'm not being critical, and I, I appreciate that we can come in and, and just enter into worship and raise our hands and feel the presence of God. And, but I want to tell you something. Our God is a consuming fire. You know, you Say, oh, pastor, you're being too hard. I know in this hour, we don't have any reverence for anything, any respect. It's disappeared. And, and, and because of that, the power of our worship has waned. Why? Because he says, let us have grace whereby we serve God acceptably with reverence and godly fear. You, you know what? I need grace. I need grace. I need mercy. That's why I have to say, Lord, I know who you are. I know you can, you can take me out tomorrow. You can take, I, I, who am I? We used to sing the songs, who am I that a king would bleed and die for? And now we've got a generation that I am buddy of God. God and I are cool. We are all hip, hip, hip. And I get it. It is cool. I mean, it is good that you feel like you can come into the presence of God freely. But by the same time, don't forget, he's a consuming fire. Because it's an aspect 
that the Lord told Malachi, he said, you've disdained me with your words when you don't. He said, even a servant fears his master. A son should honor his father. And you don't even act like you honor me because you say, well, what's the good of serving the Lord? What's the good of, do we have that in our society today? I mean, you know, pick up the statistics. What is the good? Fewer and fewer people going to church. Fewer and fewer people taking time out to serve God, to honor God. Well, if it doesn't meet my needs, if it doesn't do something for me, if there's not enough, you know, good things out of it for me, if it doesn't help me, if it's not about me. <laughs> huh? And it's not just in Newark, it's worldwide. But I'm here to tell you, our God is a powerful God. What a privilege it is to be able to come in anytime the doors are open. As David said, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. I'd rather be a doorkeeper at the house of the Lord than to dwell anywhere else. I'd rather stand at the door. Why? That's how powerful it is just to be. What a privilege whenever they used to. Not, not ever, nobody ever felt what we feel. And yes, it, you then obey. Jesus said it in Matthew. That's the, you have love and you have honor and then you have obedience. He said it like those. Those that hear my sayings and doeth them. It's like a guy that built his house on a rock. Paul in Philippians says, For it is God which works in you both to will and to do. He will give you the willpower. You say, I just don't feel like I don't have a will. Ask God to give you the will. Well, I don't really want to come to church. I don't want to read my Bible. I don't want to... Hey, if you have enough respect of God, he said, forsake not the assembly of yourselves together. Yes, sir. That means you, huh? Woo. Open my word, read it every day. Oh, what? Who is that talking to me? I don't know if I want to. It's not about my... I know I'm preaching to the choir. It's Wednesday night. All of you are here. It's not our smoes on Sunday morning. James said it. Be you doers of the word and not hearers only. Deceiving yourself. A forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work. Later on, James said, above all things, Swear not by heaven or earth or any other oath, but let your yes be yes, your no, no. Why was he saying that? Because it ought to be that, you know, you, you are obedient and then that's a level of integrity when you obey God. It's not about what they've done, but it's about how I'm supposed to respond. Because I'm obeying God. Say, so, well, I'd be nice if they'd be nice. 
when you obey, <laughs> this is what he told him in Malachi, you've done this, this have ye done again, covering the altar of the Lord with tears, weeping, crying out, insomuch that he doesn't even regard your offering anymore or receive it with goodwill at your hand. Whoa. Yet you say, why? Wherefore? And then he talked about, you've dealt treacherously with the woman of your youth. That you had a covenant companion and you disregard, you disregard obeying anything. And we are living with a world, huh? And it's not about anything that, oh, I know. What did the Lord tell Saul by the prophet Samuel? It is better to, what? Obey than sacrifice. To hearken than the fat of rams. For rebellion is as a sin of witchcraft. Stubbornness is as iniquity and idolatry. And I know none of us have been stubborn. Because you've rejected the word of the Lord. <clears throat> David wrote in Psalms 24, Who shall ascend unto the hill of the Lord? Or who shall stand in his holy place? He that has what? Clean hands and pure heart. Who hath not lifted up his soul unto vanity, sworn deceitfully, your word being important. I, I mean, he shall receive the blessing from the Lord and the righteousness from the God of his salvation. This is the generation of them that seek him, that seek thy face. <clears throat> he said, you can't go to Jerusalem without clean hands and a pure heart. And yet, Paul said, our body is what? The temple of the Holy Ghost. So we, we see here obedience is an essential part of worship. <clears throat> As a matter of fact, Jesus said not everybody that says Lord, Lord will go to heaven. What did he say? These are not my words. And I've had people tell me, well, I think the Lord understands. Well, good. I hope he does. I mean that. I'm not the judge. I can't. You should obey him. So, I, you know, I think, I think he understands. Considers our frame, knows we're dust. Sure. But he said, not everybody that says, Lord, Lord, but he that does the will. John said it, no, ye not. And now we know that God hears not sinners, but if any man be a worshiper of God and doeth his will, him he heareth. Notice that. He didn't just say anybody that worships, he hears him, but he says worships and does his will. So when an individual tells me, well, you know, you know, man, I can worship on Sunday and live like the devil on Monday, Tuesday, I... It lets me know that they're really not part of the real genuine worship. 
I can run with you, I can jump with you, but let me tell you, it's what you do on Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday and Thursday, huh? I'm not being critical. I'm not, I will, I'm, I'm ready to run. Obedience is essential. John said it like this, the world passes away and the lust thereof, he that doeth the will of God abides forever. And I know it's hard, especially when he says things that I don't agree with, like love your enemies, do good to those that despitefully use you, pray for them, Huh? Bless them that curse you. Surely the Lord knows that I can't do that. Oh, he's making a worshiper out of me. Huh? Oh, God. You say, what do you mean? And let me tell you. They've been throwing rocks at me. They've been pitching rocks. You know what you need to do? Go pick them up. Build an altar to the Lord. Say, Lord, you see what has been said. You see what's been done. You see how they've acted. I am going to praise you anyway. Oh, that's easy to do. Great. <laughs> We're going to have a blowout Sunday. <laughs> if that's easy, you ain't seen nothing yet. Huh? When the doctor report comes back, when the, this problem happens, when the bottom drops out, take it and build an altar. Because let me tell you something, if you don't build an altar, you know what you're going to be tempted to do? Huh? You threw this at me. Huh? Um, you wait. In fact, I've got three more for you. Oh, I can do that. I'm, I'm good at that. I've failed miserably so many times. Huh? Do good to those. Pray. Bless. I know uh, we've got two more. I'll finish. Not next week, maybe the next week. But uh, I'll never forget many years ago, Sister Nona Freeman. Anybody remember Sister Freeman in Africa and came back and Her husband was in plane crash or something, a car crash, I don't remember, but his arm, it was badly. Of course, the hospitals in Africa are not, not always as skillful at surgeries and all this, and, and his arm was about to be lost, and a doctor came out and told her, you know, and the next hour or so, we're going to be checking. If he doesn't lose blood, he's probably going to lose the arm. And she said, about that time, the Lord spoke to her and said, worship me, bless me. 
She said, thank you, doctor. Thank you. I appreciate all you're doing. Smiled. Doctor said, ma'am, do you understand what I'm saying to you? You have to get ready. He's going to lose his arm. She said, I know. That's what you told me, doctor. Thank you. Lord bless you. Huh? She said, it was coming like a curse, but I was... Doctor came out in an hour and said, it's still bad. I don't think it's going to make it. I, I don't even know. We're going to have to take his arm to save his life. Thank you, doctor. I believe that the Lord is with us, and that's just great. Hallelujah. Do you not understand? I hear you. But I'm going to bless the Lord at all times. I'm going to praise it. His praise shall continually be in my. Needless to say, he didn't lose his arm. You say, does it always work that way? No, not always. But I want to tell you something. I would rather go down praising God with a song on my lips and a praise in my heart if I'm going to go out of here, I'd rather be singing. You know what? Lord, we don't know if you're going to deliver us, but we know you're able. We know you're able. God, you are able. You are able. What are you doing? I'm building an altar. I'm going to praise him regardless. If it's my last breath, I don't want it to be cursing the doctor or cursing what happened or cursing my faith. I want it to be blessing the name of the Lord. I will bless the Lord at all times. Oh, hallelujah. What are you doing worshiping? Is it easy? I, I can do this all the time. Huh? But it's when I really, rubber meets the road and I have to worship him. Oh, hallelujah. Let's stand. Thank you for being here. Don't forget next Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night. <clears throat> Say, well, pastor, I, I, you know, Remind me, Sister Tracy, it's slide 27. <laughs> Is it easy? Is it easy to worship? It's easy to praise. But sometimes it costs a lot to worship. Amen? Hallelujah. Let's just raise our hands. Thank the Lord for his word. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus.